Now, you know, Pastor and I know when we book a meeting and we book it, book it for Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night, especially used to it wouldn't have made a lick of difference. The body of Christ was in a different place than they are now. But now uh, the body of Christ, um, and it's not just our church, let me tell you, actually on a, on a general Wednesday night, we usually have about 50% return. Uh, and we had two pastors tell us usually they have about 25% return on Wednesday night. So it's not like we're doing worse than anybody. We're not. Uh, but used to, that wouldn't have been the case. You could have had meetings, well, I know, uh, for 10, 12 nights a month, and, and people would have just have kept coming. But that's not where the body of Christ is, and hopefully God changes that situation, and we're praying it that He will. But we knew when we booked it that it would affect the Wednesday night service. But, you know, if you cut it off after Monday night, there's just some things you wouldn't get done. For one thing, it's easier for ministers to come out on a Tuesday night. You know, Monday's busy for ministers because uh, they're busy counting offerings and making deposits and paying bills on Monday. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then on Friday, they're they're busy on their day off. <laughs> but Tuesday's an open day for ministers usually, more than any other day. And so, um, and sure enough, we had the ministers here last night, and that was a really big blessing. That was a breakthrough. I believe we had a breakthrough in that area because you you remember that God has called us to host a move of God in Alabama. And that was sort of a breakthrough to me in that area. I'm not saying it was the full meal deal, but it was a little taster of that which is to come as far as hosting a move of God. And so praise God. Thank God for Pastor David. And I'm sure he's, well, you know, it's early and it's just 10 after 5 and in uh, California, so he hadn't even gotten to his service yet. But he'll have a great service tonight, and he, he left it with Joe Sunday morning, Joe Moore, so that was a blessing to his church. Hallelujah. Um, a lot of things to talk about tonight. Thank you, Jesus. But And so I'm just going to be free. Hey, this is old home week if we ever had one. You know, we can about say anything tonight, can't we? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We, You know, we could cancel the Wednesday night service after meetings like that. But you never know who's going to come that wouldn't get that message. Like, for instance, those college students just all piled in here last Wednesday night. So, you know, you don't know, so you just got to gotta just suck it up and go and hallelujah. But anyway, all right. Well, uh, Matthew 16, 19, we'll go over where he started us. And then I'm going to say some things about some of the things he gave us. Matthew 16, 19. Hallelujah. Really, we'll just be looking at this last part of the verse that he read the whole thing, but we'll just look at verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So... Um, when we were praying like two weeks before Brother David got here, we prayed for several weeks on those meetings. The prayer team does a good job. And uh, I, one of the things that the prayer team noticed is the words we had been getting in prayer, little phrases and, and words that had come in prayer, he would use those words. It was It was nearly just humorous because it's like, has he... The Holy Ghost was definitely in our prayer meetings. And um, I know we said, you know, one thing it showed was we, are, we were on track in our praying. And then secondly, another thing it said to me was the time is now. 
The time is now. And so, uh, but anyway, two weeks before on the Monday night, as I was sitting up here, and I just saw as we were praying for the meetings, I saw him coming uh, with a big old key ring. Not like regular keys, but I know I have one at home. I don't even know where I got it, but it's got a big old ring about that big and has some keys about that long hanging on it, several of them. And I saw him bringing a big old key ring like that with big old keys on it. Hallelujah. And so we, I think I mentioned it to the prayer group because we usually share afterwards. So it, it, it amazed me that one of the first rattles out of the box on Sunday morning, he started talking about keys and used this scripture. So I said, well, hallelujah. And I'd always like, you know, we need new keys. It's not, we need to be, we need all the time. We need keys and you need keys for your situations. And I need keys for my situations and corporately we need keys for where we're going and what how to get the job done and even keys to have success at where we're at right now and so um hallelujah so we had some marvelous confirmations in this meeting so i gave you a little sheet because i thought you might want to write on it what we're going to say some of the things we'll say tonight and then i thought you might could use that in prayer also so i wanted you to have a copy of it sometimes it's hard to take notes now pastor david talks really fast and i got this from my notes but you may have gotten some stuff i didn't get so but i found 20 keys through the days that he preached through the six services and they're not some of them are not necessarily new things to us in fact i would say most of them aren't new things to us but turn over to hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 it says uh therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip we ought to give the most more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And I really felt like that some of these keys it, we had either let slip, maybe completely or partially. Not that we forgot them, but sometimes you just forget to be doing them, forget to be acting on it, you know. And so just getting stirred back up that, you know, sometimes we're looking all, have you ever looked everywhere for something and it was right there? Yeah, I think Pastor did that recently. He just looked everywhere for something, and it was laying there right beside him. You know, have you ever, I've done this, put my glasses right here and looked all over the house for my glasses, and then be hanging on my body. Hallelujah. And sometimes I think it's like that with keys, is we're pray, pray, praying for keys, and we have them all the time. We know them. We've been well taught. Hallelujah. Down through the years, we've heard these things. And so uh, that's how these keys, some of them are. Number one key that I wrote, I found in my notes was we had a, a mandate to release words of blessing over our church. Now, I think sometimes we bless everything but the church. We bless our kids. We bless everything. Boy, we're blessing, blessing. And we forget to bless the church. And instead, sometimes we see, we speak what we see. We say, oh man, there wasn't many people there last week. And you know, we, that's one of those things that goes back to forgetting those things that lie behind. Now, even this service right here, as soon as we walk out tonight, we're going to forget this happened. Because we could focus on, oh, they didn't show back up, or we could forget that. Because if we remember it, we'll start adjusting future plans and future things around that. And you know, hallelujah. It's a mistake. It is. You know, Brother Copeland said, don't ever make a decision based on money because you'll miss God. 
And I know that's true with us. If we had moved, if we'd have said, well, now we're going to look and see if we have the money to move to Alabama. We would have missed God because we came all the way to Alabama in a U-Haul truck. Myron fallen, Myron was driving the U-Haul. We were driving the Suburban with a trailer behind it. And Myron's driving a U-Haul and we had $3,000 total. I'm not talking about in our pocket. I'm talking total life savings and everything. $3,000. We were going to stay at the Rhyme Garden Suites for a month in Birmingham. That was going to be $1,000 for a month. And we had a $695 car payment. But we didn't say, well, how much money do we have? We just said, God said to. And we didn't have a job either. God said travel. And we didn't have any connections. Because the way you get connections is if you are Rhema. Then you got the Rhema book and you can call everybody at Rhema. Well, they don't even want to share that book. It's kind of against Rhema rules to share the book so you can see where the pastors are in any town. But we had a friend that broke the rules and showed us his Rhema book. And so, Pastor, you know, he literally, it's not fun. I've heard Peter say, well, I think God wants me to travel, but I ain't going to call anybody. Well, you're not going to travel then. Hallelujah. You're not, until you get started, you have to call. Now, once you get going, Joe Morris don't have to call anymore. He does sometimes. He'll call and say, well, I'm going to be in y'all's area. But he knows us. But, you know, they don't, they don't have to call and ask for meetings. And, you know, pastor would have to, he would just get on the phone all day Labor Day and just call everybody in Tennessee, everybody in Georgia, everybody in Alabama, everybody in Mississippi, everybody in Louisiana, and some in California. That was a mistake. No. <laughs> well, we went. It was a fine meeting, but it takes a lot of money to get to California, you know. Actually, we flew. Actually, that church paid our way, and we flew. We flew to Visalia, California, and had a meeting. And uh, uh, so, uh, praise God, but you can't ask, you know, how's this going to work? I don't know if that's right. I don't know. Oh, that, that, you talk, hallelujah, you just got to step out and obey, obey, blind fight. When you know, once you've proved and you know God said to, you just go. And I, to this day, do not know how He paid our bills. I do not know because we didn't have a good meeting. We really didn't even have a meeting. We moved in March. We didn't have a meeting till May. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. And uh, hallelujah. And everybody at West Texas, oh, we're so glad y'all are going out and traveling. We're going to support y'all. We never got one support check. from. I tell you people, out of sight is out of mind if you don't believe it. It's the truth. And I'm not saying they didn't have good intentions and they were good people. But when you drive off, everybody just forgets you. You know? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They didn't sit around crying for us. They just went on. Praise God. Okay, so um, we got to release blessings over our church. And I believe he's told us two specific things. First of all, he said, don't let curse words come out of your mouth. So that would, you know, that's... That's important that we just, we just, hallelujah. You know, we're going to do this as long as God says do it, and we're not going to question it. Amen. Okay, so he said, my church is growing, my church is flowing. Hallelujah. And so number two, he said, he talked about agreement. Sometimes I think we forget that power of agreement. He talked about between husbands and wives, but also between church members. That we can get an agreement. And he said, talked about how two are better than one, a threefold cord's not easily broken. Well, me and you are better than one. 
And then when Jesus adds his, his to us and spoke, so especially when we take a word that's been spoken over the church, that's Jesus already saying, this is what I want y'all to get in agreement over. So he's already in agreement. He's already in it with us. And so together, it's powerful for us to say things together. So we need to do that more. We do it some, but I think just do it more. Hallelujah. So say this with me. My church is growing. My church is flowing. Hallelujah. Okay, uh, number three, get in the now zone. I thought that was, now that is an important key that he gave us. Get in the now zone. And that, that Hebrews 11, 1, we know what it says, that it says, now, now faith is. If you're pushing it in the future, well, one day maybe this will happen. Then you're not in faith. Now faith is. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. Ephesians 3.20, he said, uh, now uh, that's a good one. Now unto him that is able. Do we really believe he's able? Hallelujah. I know those guys that came, the, I think, it, I, was it the blind, two blind men? They came up to him and said, uh, was it blind or what? I can't remember, but they came and asked him, and he said, do you believe that I am able to do this? Remember that? So do we believe he's able? He says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask, think, or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now, that's big, folks, because me and you have already thought of some very big things for Word of Life Church. And not really even on our own. I mean, I, uh, one day about, it was a year and a half ago, it was in the spring of 10, the Lord spoke to me in my prayer time. He said, I want you to believe me for the million dollar tithe. Well, he made me think of something and he says he'll do exceeding abundantly above all that I could think. And he caused me to think of it. And then recently, about a month ago, I got up one morning and I said, Michael, I dreamed about a two and a half million dollar check. I even dreamed where it came from. So I'm like, I can already think of that. Hallelujah. And God says He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And all that praying in the Spirit that He talked about us doing causes power to work in us. Hallelujah. So, so how, how big have you already thought for yourself? Hallelujah. I know Lisa, she started thinking about some big cars. Huh? Yeah, and somebody asked her son, he said, are you already planning your next car? Do you already have it figured out? She said, yeah. Hallelujah. So she, in that area, she's thinking he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that she can ask, think, or imagine. Hallelujah. According to the power that's working in us, her responsibility is, is just to get the power working in her. How many of you in here are believing for a specific amount of money? I mean, you, okay, two people, three people, there's somebody back there. Even if you aren't, I mean, even if your needs are met and your bills are paid and you don't need a specific amount of money, ask, start believing for a specific amount of money. I know uh, the Lord dealt with me about this. And so, and here's how I did it. I didn't ask the Lord how much to believe for. You could do that. But here's what I did. I kind of went through some figures in my mind and said, what can I get my faith around? And I thought, well, I, you know, I thought of a figure and I thought, I can think bigger than that. I can believe bigger than that. 
But then I thought of another, another figure, and I just kind of sat there, and I thought, God, I, I just can't get my faith around that. That's, that's bigger than I can get my faith around. Now, we're not talking about he can do exceedingly abundantly above. So I'm, I'm making a point about this. But so I got this figure that was big, but I could get my faith around it. And so I've been believing for that amount to come to Michael and Debbie Billings, that amount. Okay, so uh, one day I heard Brother Hagin say, whatever amount of money you're believing for, and he used this scripture. Now, unto them is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He said, whatever you're believing for, believe for just a little bit extra. Say, well, now, Lord, throw just a little bit extra on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, praise God. So I started saying, okay, this is what I'm believing for, Lord, and I'm thanking Him for it every day because I've already believed I received. But now, Lord, I'm thanking You for just a little bit extra on top of that. You know, it never hurts. You can always use a little extra. Hallelujah. And if you don't need it, you can use it for seed to sow. I know Pastor and I, we're believing for a certain amount, and we already have a list of ministries that, this is for the church. We're believing for a certain amount to come in the church, that million-dollar tithe, and we already have a list of ministries that we know we want to send a check to from Word of Life Church. We've already, like, figured it out. Okay, this ministry, John Smithwick, he's going to get this much to go to the nations. And uh, this, per this, this person, because we believe in them. We believe in what they're doing. We know they're bearing good fruit. And we haven't been able to give and support that ministry to the degree we want to. Okay, so uh, uh, get in the now zone. Number four, forgetting those things that lie behind. Did you know that's not just a, a thing of, well, you know, I had a bad childhood. I need to forget that. Well, we do. We definitely do. I know somebody said to me, they're really old, and they said, well, if you'd had a childhood like she did. And I'm thinking, don't you think by 80 we could get over it? If we could just forget those things that lie behind and, and press on to those things which lie ahead. And you may have an ex-wife or an ex-husband or a, a situation where a child died or maybe even wasn't that. Maybe they did something horrible or something. You know, and then you can forget those things that lie behind because it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you if you just keep on remembering and remembering and remembering and fretting over it and crying over it and weeping over it and all of that. But this is more than that. This is a daily thing. There's things that happen today. You know, I need to forget that. Maybe somebody said something a little that kind of hurt my feelings. I need to forget those things that lie behind. That's gonna, if I dwell on that, it's going to cause an offense. So, um, I, we actually received this word to forget those things that lie behind. You know, I got up last night and said, this is one of the worst years we've ever had. I don't want you to misunderstand that. I mean, it's been terribly and tremendously challenging this year. But that doesn't mean there hadn't been a lot of blessings in it, too. And there has been. It's not been just a... And don't get me wrong. I hate to even mention it because I know there are people that have gone through far, far worse things than we ever have had to go through. And so I'm not complaining, but I'm just noting that it, that God brought me to my attention and said, you know, okay, it's over. Now forget those things that lie behind. That's what he brought to our attention in September through a prophecy from Brenda Sutherland, Pastor Brenda Sutherland. You know that. She also, she said in that prophecy, it's a new day, a new beginning. Forget the things that lie behind in this year. 
And not just this year, but every year. You know, sometimes you got to forget the struggles. You know, sometimes you got to forget that people that left. I know in 1985, a woman in our church split our church, right? She took the nine best tithing families. The devil always goes for the big givers, the biggest givers. He always tries to work on them. And so, and we had, you know, we had a very uh, humble, it was so like David had the distressed, the in debt, and you know, in the cave of cave of Dulam, that's what she left us. And uh, how you know what though? The devil always goofs up, cause it ended up she left us with the people whose heart whose hearts were right. Hallelujah! And you know they didn't ever leave us. They stayed with us till the day we left there, and they're still there with that church, and they're still serving God. And they're prosperous because when we, when she left us with them, they were working a wage at a, uh, they, he was a, two of them were diesel mechanics at a, somebody else's shop. Well, you know, they just kept listening to the word and pretty soon Johnny got his own shop. And now, hallelujah, he runs the county and he built it on godly principles and it's an awesome thing. And now, you know what? A lot of the people that were in our church actually work for Johnny. <laughs> hallelujah. And so, um, hallelujah, good, good people. They left us with good people, but they didn't look like a lot when she, left, she, 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 when she did that. Well, I, told, I said all that to say this. So I'm in mourning. I mean, I am just devastated. You just, when you're a new pastor, you don't ever know that's going to happen. Because one reason I didn't know it's going to happen is nobody ever left our Baptist church. I mean, you don't get mad and leave in the Baptist church in Seagraves. You might in Tuscaloosa because there's another one down the street. But in Seagraves, there ain't another Baptist church down the street. So you don't get mad and leave. You might get mad and soul up. You might get mad and quit coming. You might get mad and quit tithing. Huh? I never heard of that from a Baptist. You, you there? Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, when you're Baptist, you're taught you got to get baptized and you got to get dunked and everything. So anyway, uh, um, so anyway, so uh, I'm mourning on this and I just not getting over it. And finally, the Lord said to me, he said, Debbie, if you don't let this thing go, you're going to kill the people you've got. I know I'm like, and so I had to forget those things that lie behind. You know, I, and I was working hard to forgive her and all that kind of stuff. But it was still just, you know, oh, 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 you're just so surprised. You're so, hallelujah. Now it's just like nothing surprises me anymore. 32 years in the ministry, not anything surprises me. Hallelujah. So forgetting those things lie behind. Don't let the past hinder us. And so the, he said the specific word for this church was to get in the now zone and I will do it. Hallelujah. Get in the now zone and I will do it. That tells me if God got him up, put him in a bathroom floor with four pillows on Sunday morning early and said, tell them to get in the now zone and I will do it. Guess what that tells me? We must not have been in the now zone in some areas if our faith. Corporately and maybe individually. Maybe we've been saying someday instead of now. So get in the now zone. Say, I'm in the now zone. And God will do it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Number five, focus on uh, what He has promised us. Turn over to Hebrews 10, 23. Focus on what He has promised us. That's one reason we print out the prophecies. If you know what I mean. 
and we pray those prophecies and we read, read them over and over, we focus on what He's promises. promised. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. And you say, well, I don't know, because that David said that, and I don't know if God really said that. Well, He told us that if we believed the prophets, we'd prosper. Hallelujah. So let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. That word hold fast is in the Greek is katacho, which means to embrace something tightly. Hold it down, even to the point of sitting on it. You know, a lot of people let the promises of God get away from them. They get a prophecy in church and they let it get away from them. But we're to hold fast to it. That is what we have to do with what God has promised us. This is a very, this whole fast thing is not casual. It is a very strong response. It's easy to just read the words hold fast and just go right over. Oh yeah, hold fast to that which God has promised. No, this is strong. This strong. This means see, seize the promise, wrap our arms of faith around it, hold it down, grasp it tightly, and place all our weight on top of it. That's what it means in the Greek. I'm going to read that again to you. Seize the promise, wrap our arms of faith around it, hold it down, grasp it tightly, and place all our weight on top of it. It's like, bless God, He said it. And I'm having it. Bless God, Lord, you had Brenda Sutherland send over the email a prophecy that said a new avenue of revenue. Now, I've already seized that. I've wrapped my arms around it. I'm thanking you every day for a new avenue of revenue. And I've armed my arms of faith around it, and I'm holding it down, and I'm grasping it tightly, and I place all my weight on top of it. I'm not letting it go. I tell you, I'm not letting go the million-dollar tithe either. And I'm not talking about, well, a million came in this year. That'd be nice too. I mean, we're not going to turn that down. But this is, um, this is a check for a million dollars. There are a lot of people that have that, that make enough to tithe a million dollars. There's probably, uh, there's probably thousands in this town. But I, we don't care where they come from. And we don't care how they got it. I don't care if they won it at the casino or the horse races or whatever. Just don't do it by a way that they're going to come take it away from us. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, they robbed the bank or something. You know, well, they're probably going to come after it. We don't want that. No, hallelujah. Number five, focus on what he has promised us. Oh, I already told you that one. Number six, stop letting the devil lie to you. So that's one of the keys he gave us. Stop letting the devil lie to us and lie to you. Has he lied to you lately? He, boy, he does it. If you just say no, then you bought them all. Hallelujah. If you think he didn't lie to you lately, he did. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number seven, I will build my church. Matthew 16, 13. That was in the scriptures he used a lot this week. Matthew 16, 13. Matthew 16, 13. I will build my church. Let's just get real confident in that. Bless the Lord, Jesus said he would build his church. So we don't really have to worry or strive. He said he would build his church. Let's get confident about that. Hallelujah. And when the devil lies to us, they say, no, the, devil, the Lord said he would build his church. 
So what you say is not true. It can, you, 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 hallelujah, you can't make it fail, devil. Because the Lord said He'd build His church. Number eight, praying in tongues. You know there was a lot of emphasis this week as, as that being a major key. Praying in tongues. Jude 20. He gave us a lot of different scriptures about that when we pray in tongues, we're praying mysteries. I know there's some mysteries I need unraveled. When we pray in tongues, we're praying the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Uh, and he gave us a bunch of things like that. Let's just look at Jude 20. Won't look at everything he gave us. But, oh, I want to look at that in the Amplified. Who's got that Amplified? Anybody right now? You, you do? I'm going to come over there and let you read it. I might not be able to see it in your Bible. Okay, it says, um, But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, make, make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Ghost. So I, 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 I'm, that's really a big thing with me is I, I want, you know, I can take a lot of things if I know I'm making progress. I want to know that the body of Christ and the kingdom of God in Tuscaloosa County, that we're making progress. We're not stagnant. We're not just sitting still. And for sure, we're not going backwards. I want to make progress. Well, one of the ways we can ensure that we do that is by praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And rise like an edifice. Build, rise, go higher. Go higher. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, another thing under tongues there that he said that was really a key. Tongues hold us steady and keep us ready. That's, now that was a key right there. Tongues hold us steady and keep us ready. You know, we have to be reminded sometimes to, to get back in and pray in the Spirit more. Thank you, Jesus. Number nine, lean more on the presence of the Holy Ghost. Get in the presence of the Lord. We've been learning that this whole year, how to get in the presence of God. Don't let that go. It is a major key. And he touched all around it and on it about getting the presence of the Lord and, 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 uh, and then lean on the presence of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's a real key. I tell you, it's a very key. If, if everybody that was tired tonight and just couldn't do it had taken 10 minutes to go get in the presence of God, they would have had the strength to come. I know, because that's how I had to get the strength to come. Uh, number 10. Step number, and this goes back to that. Step number one, this was what he gave us that Brother Copeland said. Step number one to faith is get in God's presence and hear what God has to say. I've been telling y'all for years. Now, he said it a different way, and I never understood it to this point. Step number one to faith is to get in God's presence and hear what God has to say. It's easy to have faith when He told you something. And sometimes, and another thing, if when something goes wrong and you need a scripture, just a, I, I don't like it when you slap. God gives me the desires of my heart on everything. That is not the catch-all scripture that you can put on everything. And a lot of people put it on things that aren't even God's will. And try to get God to give them something like a new husband. <laughs> With God gives me the desires of my heart. Give me strength. I, I mean, I've, that is the most, one of the most used and abused scriptures in the, New in the Old Testament or in the whole Bible, if you want to say, know the truth. And so we need to get in God's presence, see what He has to say. 
Hallelujah. Do you want to waste your whole life praying for something that God didn't, God's not in it with you? Have you ever heard, seen that scripture? I didn't even know where it's at right now, but it says, uh, uh, the Holy Ghost took hold together with them. You know, we can be praying prayers and the Holy Ghost isn't even taking hold with us. And we need to be sensitive enough when we're praying to say, you know, this isn't, I'm not getting anything. This isn't, this isn't flowing. God's not called me to pray for this. And it might be something really legitimate, but it's just like God's not taking hold with me in this. Sometimes we want to set our own prayer agenda and we want to pray for this and that and this country and maybe even something we heard on TV. Oh, did you hear about this over in, that's happening in Georgia? We need to pray. Sometimes people tell me that and I'm like, no, I don't. I don't have any. I know it's a horrible situation. But sometimes I'll tell you what, the Baptists have some of that kind of stuff pretty covered because they'll focus on that kind of stuff. And things they never thought of, God may have assigned you to. Now, he doesn't always assign me to things, but I did hear on the news about Pastor Youssef. Can't say his last name. But anyway, he's the Iranian pastor that are about to execute, or they're thinking about executing. Or they're, if, unless God intervenes, they are going to execute him. God put it on my heart to pray for him. And I've been praying. And his family, and he's in Iran. He is an Iranian. He converted when he was 19 from Muslim to Christianity. And he's a pastor. Preaching and baptizing some people, and he uh, is accused of apostasy. So then, so one of the things we pray is that God will use our State Department and uh, and even the Vatican, because the one thing that the Pope does do that's good is he will really try to help with those kind of things when people's civil rights and stuff are being violated. He can put pressure, and so we can pray those along those lines. Um, but so then they started getting this pressure from other uh, nations. So then they trumped up some more charges. And they said, well, you know, he really did something else. What they say he did? One was rape. And then one something else, though. What was it? Y'all don't remember. I don't either. Uh, oh, I know that he's really an Israeli and he is he's he, it's national. It's a it's a national security issue. And he's a Zionist, not an Israeli, but a Zionist. Okay, well, that was all just trying, that just was to try to make them look good. Anyway, praise God. So if God lays that on your heart, not always the news does he lay on our heart. So uh, step number one to faith is getting God's presence and hear what God has to say. I love it. I tell you what, it's easy to believe for something God's told you to believe for. Okay, number 11, whatever he says to you, do it. That's John 2, 5. You know the scripture. Mary, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think the moral of this scripture, because, you know, he, she says, they're out of wine. And she says, Jesus, they're out of wine. And he says, well, what is that to do with me, woman? It's not my time. And she says, whatever he says, do you do it? And I'm, the moral of this story is mother is always right. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, I, I should take that back. But <laughs> thank you, Jesus. So uh, where was that? John 2, 5. Okay. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith until you do it. And we want to be that way. Whatever he says to us, we do it. We do it quick. We do it without question. We just do it. Amen. Okay, number 12. We, a word from heaven to us is to elevate the gifts of the Spirit. Esteem them more. Amen. 
Now there are there are different levels of the gifts of the Spirit. There are different um, levels of authority when it comes. Some people have developed in the gifts of the Spirit where they carry a greater level of authority in them. But we need to esteem them all. If it's a little kid that that ha- that prophesies. We need to esteem it. If he says, you know, we need to esteem the gifts of the Spirit. So that's one of the keys for Word of Life Church. Actually, the Lord spoke to me recently, about six months ago, four months ago. And he actually gave me a vision. And he said all nine gifts of the Spirit would operate in this church on a regular basis. Starting now. Starting right then. When he told me. Starting right then. Hallelujah. And to be ready and alert. I've had to kind of retrain myself to watch for them. And to, to be on the ready to go with the gifts of the Spirit. So we need to be expecting them. Y'all expect them with me. All nine of them. Hallelujah. Number 13. Praying in the Spirit is the access point to the gifts of the Spirit. The more we pray in the Spirit, the more we'll have the gifts of the Spirit. Number 14. The blood is our platform for victorious prayer. I, I knew, I, you know, I'm not sure I knew that just exactly in those words. I mean, I knew the blood was main thing, important, but that it was our platform for victorious prayer. We should have that we come boldly to the throne room of grace. Hebrews says we enter in by His blood. Hallelujah. Okay, we should have known it, but we've just sometimes you hadn't put the words to it. Uh, number 15, the master key to the new covenant is your tongue. Well, we know that that made so much sense when we heard it because it says in Romans 10, uh, that if we confess with our mouth, the only way we can get into the new covenant and get into the kingdom is with our tongue. We can't think our way there. We can't just believe our way there. We get there with our mouth. So it stands the reason that everything in the new covenant we're going to access with our tongue. It's not enough to pray silently. A lot of people want to pray silently. I'm not opposed to that in certain situations. But you know, most situations that at home by yourself, you shouldn't be praying silently. In this church, you shouldn't be praying silently. You might pray silently in the doctor's office, but I don't even recommend that. I've got where I don't care if you like it, if you don't. If it hair lips you, I don't care. I'm just going to do my thing. I was sitting on the front porch the other day. I'm, I'm just praying and making my confessions. And I look up and the, I didn't even see the neighbor walk to the street, but I saw him coming back with his trash can. And I thought, good, you need it. Because you aren't acting Christian. I don't care anymore. I quit caring. Say, I don't care. Hallelujah. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. You know, uh, Marsha, Marsha, what was that lady's name? Marsha. Kendall. Marsha Kendall. She came to our church one time in West Texas. Her husband was the head of 700 Club in Dallas. You know, that wing of it. And uh, so she was a minister in our church. She came. And so she told about that she went out her front yard to get the paper in her robe. And uh, so when she's walking back, the Lord said, the Lord had been dealing with her about praise me on my time. In other words, when I want you to. When I tell you to. And so she's right in the middle of the yard in her robe and her big old fuzzy slippers. And the Lord says, now praise me. And so she said, well, okay, Lord. So she lifts up her hands in the middle of her yard and praises Him. And you know, she don't know anybody seeing her. But you know, somebody is always watching you. Hallelujah. 
uh, maybe not at Miss Jean's house, but <laughs> at our house, somebody's always watching. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so that's why I like to pray on the front porch. I can see them coming. And, you know, and I can kind of duck and dodge and everything. But on the back porch, because we got, and we got a nosy neighbor behind us, you know, and I can tell he's back over there. But anyway, so I don't like that because I can't see him for all the trees. Anyway, so Marcia said, well, it wasn't too long till a neighbor ran out of the house and needed help and wanted help. And, oh, I saw you praying and I saw you raising your hands. I saw you praising and I, I need help. And she got to minister to a lady. Hallelujah. So let's do what God says. I'm for it, aren't you? Uh, where am I? The master key to the news covenant. Number 16. This came forth last night as a major key was singing in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. A lot of good stuff about uh, uh, pray, praying the Holy Ghost and about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with understanding. Also, I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding. So... Uh, this would this singing in the spirit would not always be in tongues, but it would primarily be in tongues. Then you might get over and sing a spiritual song in English. You know so that'd be a song you'd never heard before. But most of the time, that'd be in the spirit that you're actually singing in tongues. And he told us start uh, doing it in our church services. And we we he you know he talked about how in the olden days we did it all the time. Y'all remember that? And that we'd gotten away from it in most churches in these latter days. Well, you know, in the latter days, we ought to be doing it more than we were in the former days. Because it's hard. I don't care what they say, it's harder in the latter days than it was in the former days. It's harder to raise kids these days than it was when I raised mine. And it's sure harder than when my parents raised me and you. If you were raised in the 50s and 60s, I know, you know, there were problems and there was old Elvis and his all his gyrating and all that. And they thought that was horrible. But now that looks like a Sunday picnic. That looks like something you could do in Sunday school compared to what they do now, doesn't it? And his songs seem nearly pure. Hallelujah. And Blue Switch. Well, that was uh, Pat Boone, wasn't it? Oh, maybe not. No, that wasn't. He had some sort of shoes. Pat, that's too old for anybody in here but me. Hallelujah. Huh? Elvis sung it? Okay. Well, this is important that we nail this down now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, we got to get this nailed down. Who sang that? Because, you know, that is very uh, serious stuff. Hallelujah. I don't even know where I'm at. Hallelujah. So, singing in the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. I read it. I like that part about I will. Another why is, why is it's a, another way, another, in other words, <laughs> in other words, it's an act of my will. I don't have to have a special ooh, come over me. I tell you, I was having fun last night. I want that Indian whoop, whatever that was. You know, you just can't do those things in the natural, though. That was, you know, I said, man, if we could just get the Indian whoop and Leanne scream together, I believe we could win. I love that. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Ah, uh, thank you. That was just the beginning. That was a breakthrough. It was really a breakthrough for us. Number 17, keys. This was so good. The keys 
And this is what he, I believe this is the thing that he turned to me and he said, you asked for keys. So here it is. Did y'all remember him saying that? Okay, pastor didn't remember. The keys are in the belly of the congregation. So, and remember, I want to remind you, we, he pointed out that pastor can't do it by himself. Well, that's for sure if the key's in your belly. And if you don't give forth, we're going to do surgery. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I want the key that bad. The keys are in the belly of the congregation. John 7, 38. We'll turn over there and read it. That was a new key for me. That wasn't one I had ever heard before and was just being reminded of. John 7, 38. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Or the Spirit. It goes on to say that's talking about the Spirit. So the keys are in the belly of the congregation. So put, give forth. I say give forth. Hallelujah. Number 18. Rivers bring keys. So it's that river in your belly that's going to bring forth a key. What do you need a key for? It's in your belly. And the corporate body. Listen, without you and me and all of us, we're not corporate. We're just individuals. And God put some of it in all of us. Hallelujah. I think that's why when somebody leaves or when somebody departs and goes to heaven, that uh, just like Elijah and Elisha, that mantle came off of him and came on Elijah. I don't think they take the key with them I think they give it or they it falls off on them and somebody picks it up. Sometimes I think people pick it up by faith. I think sometimes it comes on them. Those anointings, those mantles, those keys. And so people leave the church. Well, they didn't take the key. They can't have the key. That key belongs to this church and it was put in them. Hallelujah. It belongs to the corporate body. And so it just gets on somebody else. And now you're carrying the key. Say, I'm carrying, I'm carrying the, keys the, the keys of the kingdom for Word of Life Church. And pastor's carrying some keys and I'm carrying some keys and it's going to take all of us to get the job done. I'm telling you, that little whooping Indian thing last night was part of the keys. And she gave it forth. And, and that Pastor Varner, I'm telling you, he launched that where we got to shouting. He did that. He obeyed God. He got, he's the one that launched into that and got it going. And I'm telling you, there were things shaking and getting done in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. And then, you know, there were other shouts that were added to it and it, it went somewhere. It, I believe we did a, we, we got to a level. I think up until that point, we, we were getting reminded of some stuff, but we were pretty much staying at the same level we've been at for a while, but I believe we got up there another place when the, when the shouting started. Praise God. Number 19. I don't know if he said this or if I just got it, but keep the rivers flowing in our services. I saw this so plainly that we've, that no matter what, and it's up to you and me, and but a lot of it's up to you, that we've got to keep the river flowing. And that sometimes, you know how that scripture, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the things that are revealed belong to us. 
So anything that's ever happening in this service, God wants us to keep it going. So like, uh, you know, even if nobody follows you, just to keep it going, every once in a while somebody ought to run. Just to keep the river flowing, just to keep it moving. That is a big key right there. Anything that's ever happened here, we need to keep it moving, keep it going. When we, like the gifts of the Spirit, you know, you can let them die out in the church. But, or you can keep it going by obeying God. Praise God. Keeping everything stirred up, keeping everything moving. Thank you, Jesus. So just go ahead and launch out there. Don't ask yourself, well, I don't know if anybody else will run. That doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter. You can launch a service just by you running. You can keep the Spirit moving. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Really important. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation, let all things be done unto edifying. You know, uh, thank you, Jesus. This is what's supposed to be happening in a church. And especially, we need to stay in divine order and doing it, but a lot of times me, me and pastor will open it up. Like last night, they, he opened it up, and so some people started obeying. It caused a move of God. It caused us to get where we were trying to go all week. Hallelujah. So that's part of it. And then also uh, keeping the river flowing where the shout's concerned. Hallelujah. You can start the shout. You can do that. Bring your river to the service. Say, I will, I will. bring my river, bring to, my every river. Service. to every service. Ephesians 4. That's what me and pastor have to do. We have to do it. But whether we feel like it or not, whether we want to or not, you know, I get up here to pray on Sunday morning, and bless God, I don't feel it, and I sure don't get a lot of feelings back. And I just have to reach down in myself. Hallelujah. And listen, at prayer on Sunday morning, you're the leaders. And a lot of, at Sunday morning, I come in here and I start praying. Y'all are going, sha, 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 sha. And you know what it was? Y'all are letting a woman that went to this church five years affect you. Why? I mean, she, if it had if been somebody we don't know, we're not going to let them affect us. But it, so this was somebody we knew. We knew she knew what we did. And I'm having to carry these Sunday morning prayer services most of the time. You think I'm carrying them because I want to, but no, I want you. You've got to reach down in there. But Pastor David comes and y'all pray like this. My brethren, that is not right. Because y'all, I don't know, I guess you're thinking we got to get something out of him. But we, we, got, we, <laughs> we need to get something every Sunday morning. Not just when we have a guest speaker. Hallelujah. Now that might be a little bit of a... But it's really just instruction. Hallelujah. So why do we come in Sunday morning and we don't pray like wildfire? And if they come in and they leave, well, they wouldn't have liked it anyway. See, we don't need to cater them. We cater to God and He'll add to who He wants to. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, you know what? Just like Pastor David, I think he said something like this about... Uh, they hear you praying in tongues, and all of a sudden they go, 
there's something about that. Rick Renner, that's who he's talked about. He talked about Rick Renner said he heard somebody praying tongues and he was like, I got, there's something about that. I got to have that. Well, it did the same thing with us. My pastor, pastor heard somebody praying tongues the first time. It didn't turn him off. It didn't run him away. He came back for more. Hallelujah. See, if they leave because we pray in tongues, they're not going to last long anyway. You know, well, we ought to pray in the back so they'd be comfortable. Well, we would, except the Lord told me to get prayer out of the back room. I don't know if that's a forever word, but it was a word that he, you know. So put, put the river, let the river flow on Sunday morning. Because if we're not flowing in prayer, how are we ever going to flow in the service? And we have to do it whether we like it or not. You know, there's times I don't feel good. There has been a lot of times. This past year, there's been a lot of times I didn't feel good. It might have showed. I don't know. But I didn't let it stop me. I just kept going. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so bring your river. Number 20, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Uh, movement and liberty to flow. Uh, that's That kind of goes back to what we've just been talking about. You know, as pastors, Michael and I have given you the liberty to flow. But you need to give yourself the liberty and quit holding yourself back. Just say, no, I'm, I'm going to quit caring. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this liberty that I've been given in Christ Jesus, and I'm going to flow. And you may not flow like I flow. We're not trying to clone people around here. You may not flow like Pastor flows. You may not prophesy like he prophesies. I guarantee you, you can't speak in tongues like I speak in tongues. And I can't speak in tongues like you speak in tongues. And I know I can't scream like Leanne. And I tried the whoop, I tried to do the Indian thing last night, and I couldn't do that either. Because I really wanted that. Did you ever want somebody else's gift? It's like, I like that. I want that. Oh, yeah, I, there's a lot of people things that I want that they do. Hallelujah. But now I'm like, we were talking last, and I don't know, I don't know when we were talking about it, because he didn't eat with us last night. He went to Atlanta. And, uh, but uh, he said, Jerry Savelle, oh, I know, Jeanette, Hattie, Jeanette from Hattiesburg, Pastor Jeanette from Hattiesburg said, uh, I let somebody else do my running for me now. We laughed about that and, and said, they said, well, Jerry Savelle says, he, he's got, you know, his assistant, and he says, I'm excited. You run. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I thought, I think that's where I'm at right now. Man, I'm excited. Melissa, run. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I mean, I figure she could. She runs five miles, so she could do it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So give yourself permission to flow. Give yourself liberty. Jesus gave it to you. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Do you have the Holy Ghost inside of you? If you do, it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That means inside of you, but also means in the corporate body. But I guarantee you He's here. And Pastor and I have given you all the liberty to flow. And, uh, you know, praise God. Praise God. Let's flow. If you have something, give it. If you don't, you don't have to. I don't want you to make up stuff, but if you have something, give it. And a lot of times you do. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, it's time to close. Pastor, you want to receive an offering? Okay, go ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, it is time to give, I can tell you. Between the expenses...